0: good afternoon and welcome to this week's episode of the mary trump show strategy sessions there are 105 days until the 2020 midterm elections the most consequential elections of our lifetime this is not hyperbole and today i am going to be speaking with my awesome nerd avengers uh with special guest tara setmeyer and potentially a future nerd avenger um, about the state of play when it comes to both sides everything and the disadvantages that puts democrats at the advantages it puts republicans at And our other special guest, Olivia Troy, just joining us. And Waj is here. Um, Everybody, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. And again, today, we're focusing on the dangers that uh, persist when it comes to this. It's, It's almost a compulsion at this point to pretend that both parties are the same that if you criticize one you have to criticize the other i saw this uh, while you've been talking about this on twitter a lot but i saw somebody i'm sorry i'm not crediting the person but i i honestly don't remember who it was but essentially the tweet was you know on a saturday republicans are burning books they're forcing 10 year old rape victims to carry their babies to term uh and they're flying swastikas and on sundays Uh, The Sunday alleged news programs talk about uh, high gas prices and inflation. (laughs) So this is a dangerous state of affairs because it's, it's deeply misleading. And it gives people the impression that we are living in normal political times. And for people who don't have the capacity to pay attention to too much, for people who really are suffering because of inflation and high gas prices it's difficult to uh see beyond that without making without making a concerted effort which quite honestly a lot of people don't understand they need to make they figure okay you know the news is supposed to keep me abreast of everything that's happening and explain things to me and we're being failed they're being failed at every turn
1: yeah so what happens is uh Oftentimes in the media landscape, you know, I've been in this game for a long time. I can tell you, and others who've been working in this field can tell you, is that many of the producers and journalists are just trained. It's almost like Pavlovian response. If I gave six minutes to Rick Santorum, I have to give six minutes to Mary Trump. If I gave four and a half minutes to Brian, I have to give four and a half minutes to Gorka. By
0: the just, just quick, I never ah. want to hear my name in the same sentence with Rick Santorum. That's, I just I just, just I just, just so wanted to
1: clear. see the gag just reflex. So I just he's, wanted to he's, see he's like
2: is he joining us next, Mary? Like, well, I have
0: to give him equal time according right. to Wash. So, yes, yeah, my, my
2: joining us. Mary, my be,
3: be glad that it's just your name work in a sentence and not sitting here. next to him like I had to on she CNN panels. Yeah, for Tara years. and I
1: had to do that many times.
3: And on yes. Bill Maher's show, where I ripped him wow. such a new asshole that he didn't speak to me <laughs> for years at CNN. He was, was so upset. You say with with as if that's a bad thing. Oh, I wear it with a badge of valor. We
4: legislate against new assholes, I think, in the past. That's a problem, right? I just want to. So. Wanted
1: to see uh, Mary like dry hack a, a little bit on uh, live TV. <gasps> <gasps> you
0: just so, hurt my feelings.
1: <laughs> so this is just, I mean, to, just to connect the dots that for those who are listening, that's how it works behind the scenes. It's like this almost Pavlovian need, and, and they and they're trained. It's like very difficult to untrain them to unstick this, and the and the fear of being perceived as, as unbiased and unfair is more detrimental to them than actually unintentionally in harming democracy which is why these platforms, these mainstream platforms give a column or, or like say Rick Santorum got a huge deal at CNN because they feel like, okay, if we bring them on, then at least we will appear to be fair and balanced. And then also, this is important, is they desperately want to placate the right wing that calls them pedophiles. I'm going to say this again. They want to placate the right wing that calls them pedophiles and the enemy of the state. So like if we give Hugh Hewitt – a column at Washington Post where he can run disinformation, or if we give Rick Santorum a platform where Tataro and I will Tara will say this. We used to go in there for like a seven minute conversation, three and a half minutes of the conversation is derailed just us yep. like debunking the talking points. Yep. The, the devastating effect of this and that you could see it on two issues in particular climate change. And also when it comes to vaccines is that when you do create this both sides, false equivalence, instead of you being fair and balanced, you normalize And mainstream the harmful position, which is why, like you were saying, Mary, when the average Jose watches, they're like, oh, 99% of scientists say climate change is real and 1% says wrong, but they had six minutes for both sides. And the data shows is that what happens is that actually mainstreamed climate change denialism, it mainstreamed vaccine disinformation. So connecting it to our point right now is you have two political parties, one that is so radicalized and weaponized that, as you said, 96% of the people in the House voted against the right to birth control in 2022. A majority of Republicans are for the big lie. They're literally sabotaging school boards, medical boards, state legislatures. Now they're trying to get the sheriffs. There's nothing comparable. And yet this, this, this desire to create a both sides false equivalence then says, look, we have to hit Biden. Uh, inflation. Oh, we have to hit Biden. Oh, look, he's weak here. Oh, but meanwhile, look at the 95 things the Republicans are doing. They're actually attacking democracy. And with the lack of context, what happens is, and we've talked about this on your show before, most people go to the polls and they say the following. Well, both sides are extreme. Ilhan Umar wears hijab and tweeted something. And then there's Rick Santorum. Eh, I'm going to wash my hands and just go with the Republican. And this is why I believe those in media are failing the moment. And it's more insidious than that. The last thing I'll say is, with, you, saw, you saw with the CBS president, the memo that was leaked, yeah. he said, like, listen, I think Republicans are going to win in the midterms. We need to get access. So in order to get access, let's hire Mick Mulvaney and give him a six-figure deal. ABC News did <laughs> that with Chris Christie. Meanwhile, show me the left-wing or liberal equivalent of a Rick Santorum, a Mick Mulvaney, they do not exist.
2: I, it's me, yep. me.
0: Even Dean, yeah. but Dean's but a sober, sane person. I, I, I,
1: yeah. is, the
0: he, is he? he the? No, no, seriously, I'm not. No, but ser- Dean, I, it's such you a good. You can't point. have two
2: Muslims go back to back. That's against the rules.
0: <laughs> but this has been Before another um, tool, I guess, uh, that they they've had. That the, again, they borrow wholesale from Republicans by equating the far left and the far right, or um, in order to demonize <sighs> the left, which, by the way, the far... I don't know anybody who's far left, by the way. Not one person, not one elected Democrat, as far as I'm aware, is so-called far left. So they they demonize the... Which is basically the base. <laughs> you know, they equate the the left base with far left. And yet they... Equate the Republican base, which is the far right, with just a normal base, right? they regular you know, folks so, out here these, in Ohio these,
4: diners. That's what they are. Say that again. They're regular folks out here in Ohio diners.
0: Yes, which I think the New York Times needs to do another feature about, quite honestly. I'd like, like to show them around in Ohio something. the next mm-hmm. time they
4: come. Because,
0: white yeah. white, white guys and diners in the Midwest have not had their voices amplified enough. Um, I just want to read you some uh, recent votes that have occurred in the House. And this is to Wajah's point, because I think the things are connected. We uh, normalize um, extreme behavior on the right, which leads to, legis- which has legislative implications. Uh, so... The Respect for Marriage Act, and by the way, these are these are bills that pass in the House of Representatives led by the Democrats. These are not, it's not the House didn't pass them, the Democrats in the House passed them. So that's another, the framing is also important, but we never hear it framed that way. So the Respect of Marriage Act uh, protects same uh, same-sex marriage, but also because apparently This is a thing that needs to happen in 2022 interracial marriage. Oh my God. 157 Republicans voted against that. We have an actor shooter alert act, uh, which is like the Amber alert system for abducted children. It literally is simply put in place to alert people. If there's an active shooter in their neighborhood, right? 168 Republicans voted against that. Uh, The Right to Contraceptive Act, which literally just allows people access to birth control without government uh, interference. 195 Republicans voted against that. And finally, the National Defense Authorization Act, which is simply uh, requiring the Pentagon and other federal law enforcement agencies to report on efforts to counter white supremacists and neo-Nazis in their ranks, 205 Republicans voted against, needing to alert us to whether or not there's white supremacy and neo-Nazis in the federal government.
1: Mary, so, that was every single Republican, by the way. Yeah. Not yes, a the Republican. last
0: one was every yes. single Republican who voted. A couple were, didn't show up. But I, I think th- it's very important to look at this in terms of uh, legislation because, let's be real, those Republican numbers, uh, with the exception of the last one, because they can't really get much higher unless there are more Republicans in in the House. Those numbers are going to get bigger as as Republicans like Cheney and Kinziger forced out, and especially if the how the Republicans take over the majority in the House. So, Dean,
2: me, me, um,
0: yes, because I think you know you're the problem. This is exciting. Yeah.
2: All right, <laughs> no, I <right>. am. The- <laughs> No, here's the, here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line for everyone. The corporate media is not our friend. Okay. The corporate media is not our friend. It's not our enemy. It's a vessel to make money. I don't know why people don't get it. It is about revenue. They are publicly traded corporations. Les movies famously said in 2016, Donald Trump's not good for America, but he's good for us. People say like, people talk about the media, like, oh, this mystical thing. Would you debate me that pharmaceutical companies, their bottom line is about making money or insurance companies. No, you wouldn't. I think it's the delusion that we have that the journalist is supposed to be some noble pursuit. I think individual journalists are great. But when you work in the corporate world, even our friends who are great in the corporate world, we're, we're going to structure with the top are executives and the top. Some might want balance, but some don't want higher taxes because they're wealthy. That is part of it. I think there's a sinister element to this. Not really sinister as much as just honest. The media, the big executives don't want to pay higher taxes. That's part of it. The two sides, I mean, look, they know Edward R. Murrow famously said they're not two sides to every issue. I didn't go to journalism school. They did. They know that. So this idea that there's two sides, no, this is by design. Look at the framing on the vote on marriage equality. It's like 47 Republicans voted for it. That was a headline. 47 Republicans vote for marriage equality, as opposed to three quarters of Republicans vote against it. Right. It is framing, framing, framing. And the media has an agenda, whatever it might be. But at the bottom line, look at it as a business. Look at it. They will cover drama over democracy. That's what they're about. So if Democrats and us and Americans who believe in democracy want to navigate in that world, we have to come up with ideas that work in that world or go around them. Go around them like somebody's uncle did on this panel by using Twitter to go directly to the people and have it amplified. Using ways around it because we're going to scream all day about the media like we scream about how Democrats are ineffective in messaging. It's the same argument we have it all the time. So yeah. at 105 days out, Let's each of us be ambassadors to go out there and tell the story ourselves. Tell your coworkers, your friends, share it on social media. Don't wait for them. We are the leaders we've been waiting for. To wait for them at this point is a joke. It's a fool's errand. It is insanity defined. So get out there. You can do it. We can do it. We can all play a role. 105 days. That's my TED Talk. Thanks, folks. See you later. I, like I swear, talk, you but- and
0: are always giving a TED Talks here. This is Just in case you're unaware, this is not TED. What? Uh, that-
2: I, my agent told me this was. His Were head you misled? I, I'm so sorry.
0: I, Brian and Cliff, I know you have something to say, but I want to jump to Tara first, um, because first of all, I've been saying this for a long time. I'm sure all of you have said some version of this. The media need to be neutral as to the facts, but they also need to be pro democracy because you know there is no free and fair press without a thriving democracy. So Tara, we we've we've seen. You know, we just talked uh, briefly about these legislative horrors uh, that, you know, luckily these things pass. They'll probably, who knows what's going to happen in the Senate. But again, it's it's not that they passed, it's how close they came not to not passing because, um, you know, the Republicans are almost uh, a monolith at this point. Did you, you know, as somebody who was in the party and then has become one of uh, the most eloquent critics of the party is this the kind of uh trajectory you imagined um you know i recently spoke to tim miller i've been reading his book and he kind of makes it clear that you know a lot of you uh who were relatively moderate republicans back in the day were just kind of you know going along to get along because you believed in certain uh, Republican principles and the rest was just kind of on the fringes. So does, does this um, evolution, if you want to call it, that make sense? And to what extent should we be be alarmed?
3: Well, um, I, uh, I had the pleasure of reading Tim's book and interviewing him as well on Sirius XM uh, a few weeks ago. And it, it felt very personal for me. Um, because I, the way he lost friends and kind of was looking around going like what happened here? I, yeah. I've gone through that so it was very cathartic for me where we're a little different is that he was more of a kind of like the hitman behind the scenes you know right. the hired gun for contract and I uh, I was more in the comms policy side of things working on the hill so I didn't um, I, I did campaigns early on but not at the level that he did at and the kind of the dirt that he did that he is copped to and admitted and you know and, and reconciled with and Tim is great and I'm, I'm glad we're all on the same side because it's important for people to have that self-reflection because oftentimes some of my best friends, were are still best friends to this day, we worked on Capitol Hill together and they did not go to the dark side and we talk almost every day kvetching about did, was it always like this? Were we part of this? Wait, was it? Were they always this bad shit crazy? Like, or, or did we just not know? And we kind of look back and we see where we were just when you're caught up in it, sometimes you don't recognize how bad it is. But what I will say is that I did start to notice and start to diverge from kind of the party apparatus and realizing that the party's not going in a great direction with the tea party. It was the Tea Party, you know, revolution, evolution, devolution um, Mm -hmm. that really started me opening my eyes and going, you know, "I, I don't really agree with this and their tactics, their language and the way that the Tea Party members came in. And what they were doing, they really weren't interested in legislating. They were more interested in creating chaos and just getting their points across. And then social media became a thing. And and then now we see this new crop of Republicans. They have no principles. The party has no platform. There's, It's not about public policy anymore. And it used to, at least legitimately, back in the day, when I was around, uh, it was about tax cuts. It was about smaller government. It was about the deficit. It was about national security. I mean, we could argue those policy differences. That doesn't exists now it's all about quote owning the libs Mm -hmm. and that is horrible and that's how we've seen that this emotional uh, appeal to the cult of personality has turned into this neo-fascist authoritarian undemocratic illiberal movement on the side of the republican party that was once the proud shining city on the hill mantle reagan republicans and party of lincoln that party is dead and gone so when we look at some of these legislative um, uh, efforts that Republicans are engaged in, it has nothing to do with what's good for the country. It right. has to do with whether they can placate their their rabid base and get reelected. Lindsey Graham admits this right out in the public. He's unashamed about it. Look, if you don't want to get reelected, you're in the wrong business. And unfortunately for a lot of these people, it's about getting reelected. It's not about protecting our democracy. And I don't think that we've seen our democracy on the knife's edge like this since the Civil War. And I don't know right. what it's going to take to wake Americans up to that fact. Yeah.
0: I mean, first of all, we need to get everything you just said on a bumper sticker somehow. <laughs> I don't know how. Um, but you're right. I mean, you know, I want I want to get back to I know Brian has uh, something to say about Dean's comment, but I do want to get back to the heart of what you just said, Tara. Yeah, and, right. And now, And um, just also remind people that there are civil servants who understand that their job is to serve, not to get reelected. People like Reps Luria. And Cheney, a Democrat and a Republican, whose reelection bids are in danger because they have decided that fighting for democracy is more important than keeping whatever power somebody in the House of Representatives has. Uh, Brian.
5: Well, first of all, let me start with Tara. The Republican Party has never been about small government unless it was small social services. It was always about putting as much Mm -hmm. money as possible in the military. And as far as Ronald Reagan goes, he created this mess, and he's the uh, devil in the cupboard that came out and, and killed us all. So <laughs> I, I don't, really don't want to hear. We any can
3: argue anything. about that later, Brian. Yeah. I wish we could I'm go gonna, back to those arguments. Yeah,
5: Ronald yeah. Reagan was the first <laughs> vote I ever cast was against him. He is a me too. He caused the biggest problem. He brought us. Donald okay,
0: Trump. Brian, we're in the yeah, present. Yes,
5: yes.
4: Come on, guys. The big problem. Oh, no. wasn't ever
5: a threat
0: well, Hold
4: democracy. on a second.
0: Just,
5: First of all, all I, I did, he's we doing, doing to...
4: great things these days. Hold on.
5: Going back to what Dean <laughs> more and said, uh, real quick. There's no such thing as objectivity in journalism. Don't pretend right. there is. There's right. only subjectivity and fairness and accuracy. We don't do it. And Dean, you're absolutely right. It is about money. Everything else is just a symptom of the problem. These people are not trained. They're paid. And everything that that major media does is to create and foster drama. So we see the re, the reemergence of Mick Mal- Mulvaney. It's like he's gone through the witness protection program and now he's out here. Out, you know, he was the worst guy in the world when he was in the White House. I thought he was always trying to sell me a used car. <laughs> he looked like Herb Tarlick from WKRP in Cincinnati. I thought he was going to come out in white shoes and a burlap sack. This is <laughs> These people now have been reinvented as some kind of masters of, of politics and they're not. And it's yep. all about money. So at the end of the day, I just want to say, Mary, to what you said, I hope the people in in the Senate and the House remember Loving versus Virginia, especially, you know, a certain Jenny Thomas and her husband, Clarence, uh, when when they start talking about, you know, uh, racial marriage, interracial marriage. But if you're going to change anything and to make a difference, like Dean said, you got to get out and preach it. But more importantly for the media, you're dealing with people who don't know there are these are young kids many times the reporters who don't know they have no background they don't know how to source information they don't know how to to talk to a source they don't know how to go into a, a city hall and get information that they need for a story so you've got to bypass them and the managers it's not so much that they they don't want to pay taxes it's that they want to make money so they're yeah. going to create the environment to uh to generate as much cash as possible and until you return the guardrails to journalism this is going to always be a big problem we've talked about that before
0: right but we can't do that in the next 105 days and i don't think anybody in this group as awesome as my nerd avengers are uh has that particular superpower if only we did uh cliffhanger i want to go to olivia first and then uh and then we'll come to you but olivia um Tough crowd. I, I think this is not the right place to have a conversation about Ronald Reagan. Uh, so let, let's stay. <laughs> let's stay in the present. I'm also
6: going to shock Brian and say, hey, you know, as bad as Mick Mulvaney was, <laughs> I have to say I was there for the transition and in and and walked Mark Meadows. And right. Really oh, no, I was
0: there, right. So You're right. <laughs> <He> was. Was. <laughs> yeah.
6: Much Exponentially, worse. it went downhill. So.
0: But Olivia, as somebody who, as somebody who <laughs> was there in a way none of us was. Um,
6: how, that. I'm still suffering from the PTSD. No, I'm of course. Going to
0: I mean, I don't think there's anybody. <laughs> well, I don't know if everybody, but, I, you know, uh, Brian, I know for sure. I for sure. Uh, yes, we have PTSD. I mean, mine's not yes. because of this, but it was exacerbated by all of this. That's for damn sure. So, you know, you um, you saw very up close. A lot of this unfold. Does it, did it make sense? Like, was there, um, was there a logical progression to the insanity? If I could even say, that? I know that sounds weird, but like, did did it make sense that? Oh, okay, I get why that person is is, you know, changing. I understand why that person is, um, abdicating all responsibility and has decided to stay on the side of power versus doing good. Or was it just suddenly you found yourself in a nightmare that in which nothing made sense?
6: Uh, no, I think it was insanity from the get-go. Uh, oh, look, great. I think you saw sort of like, um, I mean, you saw the rhetoric on the campaign trail, right? And that was concerning. And I think, uh, look, and I, I will take full responsibility for this. Um, I did not appreciate the anti-immigrant rhetoric. I am Mexican. Um, I found it completely disgusting and offensive um, when Donald Trump was running for office in like 2016 and that cycle. Uh, But I also hoped that once he got into office, that that would change. Um, I I didn't necessarily believe it, but I I wanted to hope that he would eventually become presidential. Um, And instead, what ended up happening is that he issued, you know, the travel restrictions, the travel ban, as it really is called, right out of the gate. And I think that that was right away the sign that this was the way it was gonna go. And I think to you, what you're saying, I saw people around me um, change. I saw good people uh, you know, that I knew who uh, had integrity along the way, who were uh, sensible Republicans, I would say, that were serving in the administration, who were there, I think, as part of a coalition that really wanted to make a difference and thought that they were trying to do the right thing and maybe they could control some of it. But the problem is that the majority of of the people that I was surrounded by, I really saw a shift in them. And that was what became increasingly concerning was that when you're in the circle of power, I'm sure, you know how this is, um, palace intrigue. And it's real. And you see people kind of start to... You know they'll they'll bend on this rule or they'll start to push the envelope in other means. and like i've said in numerous meetings i won't get into it that would probably give you all nightmares um that were <laughs> very upsetting uh one we of already have the nightmares chocolate. come on come yeah. on <laughs> um i was in you know i heard the conversations on child separation uh very very hard uh when you hear some of these people the way they speak about things firsthand. Um, They don't, they don't hide. (laughs) I mean, they'll say it straight out in meetings. Those events in national security, I will say at times, like would exchange books and afterwards, I'm not going to lie, there were gatherings and private, (laughs) private rooms saying, what just happened? Did you hear that? And what happens next? Um, Which is why it gets to why you were seeing the development of the Schedule F that you've seen reported in Axios and whatever. It's all very real. Yeah, we're going to get to that.
0: Thank you for flagging it. We are going to get to that because that is the the stuff of nightmares. Um, Yeah, it's alarming. Yeah, it's very alarming. Um, Cliff, you had an anecdote or...
4: Yeah, you know, and I've talked about this here and there and not a ton, but, you know, if you ever want to know sort of the truth and when it's sort of hitting in the face and right in front of you. So... Around 2000, you know, five, six, seven, eight, I used to go on MSNBC regularly, right, and and participate in those debates back then. And that was back when Tucker Carlson had a show, right, and Mm -hmm. Alan Alan Keyes had a show. And, you know, it was a network that didn't know what it was doing. It was sort of going in all directions. And at one point, I mean, just to give you an idea of how ingrained this is, and I think some of this is from the fact that it is a business and it's the monopolistic nature Uh, And we used to have like, what, 60 media companies. I mean, I'm not saying anything anybody else hasn't said there. But one day, you know, at some point I stopped getting invited on. And, you know, I was literally told by a host whose name you all know. um, But that part I can't go into, um, who was like, you've been banned. And the reason I was banned is because I was saying mean things to Republicans. Kellyanne Conway, who. Nobody knew who she was back then. And, and Brad Blakeman, if you know who that chump is. And these guys were going and crying about me because they were used to, because there were roles that were expected to be played. And I'm no good at that, right? Like, I, you know, there's some things I can do, but I'm too much of an asshole to go on TV and sit there and listen to somebody say it's things. I love you, Cliff. Thank you. That are lies and that are attacks on vulnerable people and sit there and let these people get away with it. So I would do what I thought normal people would do. And I would just rip them apart and go into all their hypocrisy, you know, and um, and for that, you know, for a couple of years before MSNBC started moving in in a more actual left direction, I couldn't be invited on, even though like the Republicans could come on and say whatever they wanted to say. And again, that's like publisher, you know, and and the, the ownership bias, because, again, taxes, we've talked about this. They want their taxes lowered. A lot of them are conservative. It's about being stuck in that both sides mentality and sort of, please don't hurt me, you know, conservatives, you know, who will call them pedophiles or leftists or, and, and, you know, the thing, one other thing, I mean, I had a bunch of things I wanted to say, but obviously our discussion has changed a bit. You know, I, I had spent a year being a paid analyst at the Sinclair broadcast network, going oh, on yeah. wow. which was hilariously fun because I like arguing with three Republicans. Cause I'm, again, I'm just that kind of, you know, talk to my psychiatrist. So, um, and, and the difference was though, how open it was there while at MSNBC, if, you know, they would like be like, you can't be that mean. I mean, the open, like, like Armstrong Williams, all that stuff that came out. Of- <laughs> Sorry.
0: I, oh, that guy. We oh saw God. it all in
4: front, like all the money, like I, in front of me, like, cause I was, he was the main guy I debated. I also debated the host, but like, I saw like them, the, the Smith brothers who owned Sinclair sending him a limo. And, you know, in doing all these things, I was like, freaking. there wasn't Uber. I was probably driving like a 50 year old car up there, you know, to get to the Baltimore headquarters. Like sitting a limo with balloons in it for him, you know, and all this other stuff. And I mean, my point to you is you could see it very clearly back then, you know, and we had a chance on the left. I've never understood this. Murdoch invested in Fox and lost. I don't know how much money over how many years before he started making money. Like we had the folks on the left to get this, that that the mainstream media is there to make money. There's both sides pressures. I think somebody brought this up. I don't know if it was Dean or Brian that so many folks are now coming from an upper middle class background. I mean, you know, like I may live in Cincinnati now, but I grew up in New York City. And I'm sorry, I went to like obnoxious private schools. Like, I'm sorry, I'm just going to call it out because I don't care anymore. I babysat Nick Confessori. Okay. Like he was. the build- Wait, the build-
0: so is it your
4: fault? It's my fault. Yes. It was hmm. definitely- you go to collegiate? <laughs> What'd you say? Did you go to collegiate? What school? I went to Horace man. Oh my god um, I I, I I used to sled down hills with David Leonhardt. and I'm going to give you the <laughs> worst part of all that's going to make you all throw up which is I went to parties where Alex Berenson you know was there I mean I know okay, these, but let's... I know these guys some of them have Great. fallen to the both sides model and just kiss ass because that's what they're expected to do I know behind the scenes Leonhardt and Compassori are liberal but this is the box they're stuck in and they don't care it's about careerism right and then Alex sure. Berenson's a whole different ball of wax. He's an all insane. Money. So you just okay. have to understand the way all this stuff works. We, I'm glad Dean is on like the left side on serious. I'm not saying we have no infrastructure. We've got Mary's show right here. We all do some things, but man, we never did anything to counter everything they've done on the right. We just thought, oh, the mainstream media will cover it, and for a million reasons I just gave you, they will not.
0: Right, okay. and we, right, they exactly, they won't. It. And and we're we're dealing with a fallout of that, so we need to figure out. I mean today mostly is yeah understanding the foundation of why we're here, but helping understand helping people understand what the fallout of all of that was and continues to be. So I want to shift gears a little bit and and get back to something that Olivia brought up, Jen. Um schedule five, but let's back up a second and and also talk about Moore V Harper. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna Summarize this as quickly and succinctly as I can, and then as you're a lawyer, you're going to correct me. But I, I want you to speak to both both Moore v. Harper and Schedule of Five. So Moore v. Harper is a case that the Supreme Court agreed to take up at the end of its last session. Uh, so, so basically, the plaintiffs in the case claim that the North Carolina Supreme Court does not have the authority to overturn the state legislature's gerrymandered congressional maps, uh, which give Republicans an overwhelming and unfair advantage. So the plaintiffs are relying on something called the independent state legislature doctrine, which is total bullshit, by the way. And this posits that state courts don't have the authority to overrule anti-democratic state laws that are passed by the legislature, which is a huge problem when the state legislature is heavily gerrymandered in a Republican's favor, like in North Carolina and Michigan, for example. So in a layperson's terms, this doctrine is insane. And if SCOTUS decides this case in favor of the plaintiffs, which we know it will, (laughs) uh, this could be one of the gravest threats to democracy we've yet faced, which will set up a situation in which the next presidential administration, if it's a Republican one, will enact Schedule Five. So, Jen, did I get that right? Ish? You're muted.
4: Jen, you're muted.
0: I have my it the whole time.
7: out and I'm wondering whether you want me to respond to what you said line by line.
0: No, or do you want to no, ask- however you want, however or if you want. want
7: to ask me a question more about, um, v. Harper. I,
0: you can, you can have, take it however you're the expert, not me. So whatever you think is most relevant to the conversation. Well,
7: if we can step back to the the bigger frame, which I think mm-hmm. the topic today is the unfair advantage that Republicans um, seem to have, right? Is that mm-hmm. kind of the the big frame?
0: Uh, well, the unfair advantages like there point. have, but the, 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 the impact of that and what it's leading to and how failing to educate voters about that allows for people to think, well, you know, the Republicans are just as bad as the Democrats are just as bad as the Republicans. So if I'm a Republican, I'm voting Republican, that kind of thing.
7: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess I would step back and say, it's hard. Without getting too much into the weeds, one, the Supreme Court has decided to hear this case that you've talked about, uh, called Moore v. Harper. Two, um, it's quite possible that the Supreme Court will rule in such a way that would allow state legislatures to ignore their own state Supreme Court um, when it when it comes to establishing maps for voting, right, and and thereby making, tilting federal elections specifically, because that's what we're talking about, for Congress, those, as opposed to the Electoral College, this is just about Congress, that the Supreme Court's likely to rule in such a way to make it permanently easier for Republicans, Republican-dominated state legislatures to get Republicans into federal office. That's the picture. However, what's much more important is that the part of the U.S. Constitution they're looking for allows Congress to act to, make, to fix that. That's the most important thing. So the bottom line is we need a Senate and a House who will fix that problem. And that's not the, that's not the only one. And to me, the most important thing is to get across is that a lot of what legislating is, is super in the weeds, but members of Congress have and can have the best advisors on staff. And we need them to do it. For example, if you asked me something about the Texas um, electrical grid, I, and I were an electrician, I don't think you would want me to go up and tell you exact how the we, we, you know how we wheel out the electricity here and why this house and is it what you want to know is what the fuck did they do in the texas government to hand this over to people who can't keep the power on right. and the answer, don't vote for these bozos so similarly when you ask me a legal question i'm like part of me is turning my end my legal engineering head on but what you really want to know is that this isn't the fucking end of the world if Congress would do something about it. And the only way they're going to do something about it is if we get two more seats in the Senate. And we need, you know, so I mean, that's that's it. And there's not, this isn't just, this isn't the only example. There's one after another, after another, after another. And so the answer to me is the only way to tilt the balance of power is back to the message. You know, the Republicans want, they're not they're anti-freedom they want this to be amount you know they they are trying to it's not even bread and circus with them what what they're offering is monster truck rallies and you know reality tv shows and pro wrestling and that's not what government And and white privilege
0: and white privilege
7: but they're trying to it's like song and dance and then behind the curtains Freedom is being stolen from us. And why is freedom being stolen from us? The people at the top, the Donalds of the world, they don't give a shit about the integrity of the family or being married once or or how many abortions anyone they know has. They want the levers of power so they can enrich their friends. Mm -hmm. So this is about, just like we said, the business of news, of the big news media is business. The business of Republican government is business and stripping your freedom away so they can take your money away. That's what the Republicans are doing. They're the not kind of coming the, up with. I kind of one, one quick poor. thing. Yeah, right, go
3: ahead. one quick thing about that. What makes this so difficult to overcome? Yale did a study in 2020 that showed that only three and a half percent of voters would vote against someone in their party because they act in, acted in undemocratic ways. Three and a half percent. That is it. So even though so people are driven by negative partisanship, they're driven by being a part of their tribe, they're driven by. They don't want to face the the hard integrity, dem, you know, democracy. What's what's the right thing to do? Questions because then they have to examine their own lives, and a lot yes. of people are hypocrites, and they don't want to self reflect and realize that if I if I apply that standard to others, and I better live by it too. So there's a lot going on sociologically in our country that uh, contributes to this, and those of us who have been willing to step out and call it out. We are in the minority here. But yeah. the good thing is that at least we have platforms. Thank mm-hmm. God that they, we don't have to rely on traditional media as much anymore. And plus, traditional media is losing confidence by you know through the American people anyway. They, they're not confident in that. that. Well, right. And uh, lots of money. And unfortunately, local newspapers and things like that are are going away too, which is a shame because a lot of people get their information from local news. So there's a lot going on here, but every one of us plays a role because we can use our platforms to Dean's point where we are able to talk to each other because the the, the only way you're going to see any kind of immediate change is People talking to other people and then seeing how it affects their lives. Unfortunately, it's selfish. If they don't, if it doesn't affect me, then I don't care. What is this democracy thing? I don't even know what the constitution says. Who's my congressman? I don't know. But when you start saying this is what Republicans are doing to you, they're taking away, they're forcing 10-year-olds who are raped to Mm. have babies and prosecuting doctors who try to help them. Like when they go, Oh, oh like if we don't start putting it in terms that we're like as michael smirconish says blt terms you need to break it down so the average person understands how it affects them and until then until people get that sense of urgency or pay enough of a price they don't change meanwhile we continue the fight
1: mary i know right. we get Kurt in can i give yeah. a one yeah. line on on morvie harper just if you could just just a quick yeah. blt line if the supreme court votes in favor uh, of the the Republican and Maura v. Harper, Republicans have 30 of the 50 state legislatures, and specifically, they are controlling the seven battleground states, mm-hmm. which means that for the 2024 election, for this for the people who are watching, the Republican state legislature can reject the votes of the people and put in their fake slate of electors who will then give the election to the Republican, even if he loses the even if DeSantis or Trump lose the popular vote and the Electoral College votes, they could say, nope, Supreme Court said that we and we alone have the power mm-hmm. uh, to decide federal elections. And we're going to reject these electors because of voting fraud. And we're going to put in our Republican electors. And that's a coup. There Not you go. Wait. They can just make it
5: up. And- but yeah.
0: But there, you know, we're also four state legislatures, there are four state legislatures away from being able to call a constitutional convention, yep. at which that's the last nail. Uh, Kurt, I, wa- I want to, um, sort of encapsulate both what uh, Jen and, and Tara were talking about in terms of what, you know, informing people about what is really going on and, um, you know, that shockingly there are more important things than inflation and gas prices and by the way those are two things nobody can do anything about anyway really um but what can be done and what can't be done like we need people to have realistic expectations and i think that's that's part of what gets lost on the one hand They don't get accurate information about what, what Republicans are doing and what the consequences Mm -hmm. of that are. But at the other, on the other side, they, you know, a lot of voters seem to think, well, why doesn't just, why doesn't Biden just wave his wand? And I don't understand why Democrats have the majority. Why haven't they fixed everything? Right. So, so what, what's, what do we do about that?
8: Well, I think part of it has to do with focus, right? Um, I wrote a piece for USA Today this week uh, expressing my my annoyance with Democratic activists who think that protesting in front of the White House or protesting in front of the White House chief of staff's house is a productive use of their time, energy, resources and manpower. When in reality, Joe Biden is not your enemy. He is not your adversary. He is not the cause of these things that are going on in our country. The Republican Party is. You know what you don't see? in the months leading up to an election, you don't see Republicans protesting their own candidates. That just doesn't happen in the Republican party. Uh, whatever inter-party squabbles we might have, they are set aside in the run-up to the election because they understand that winning is all that matters. Democrats need to figure that out. They need to understand that the perfect cannot be the enemy of the good and that if you really want the things done that you talk about, the policies on whether it's guns, climate, economy, taxation inequality social justice you have to get more democrats elected to office protesting fellow democrats isn't going to help you achieve those means you might as well be doing kevin mccarthy Mitch mcconnell's job for them if you think that spending your activist energy attacking your own party is the recipe to success is the recipe towards electoral success um that's what kind of drives me nuts all the while to the broader theme of what, what this panel has been about We have such an inherent structural disadvantage when you consider that the other side has a never-ending cadre of propaganda vehicles that they have strategically invested in and built over the years. Whether it's Ben Shapiro of the Daily Wire, whether it's Charlie Kirk and Turning Point, whether it's what's happened to Fox News, OANN, Newsmax, etc. We have very little equivalent to that in terms of scale. The most successful digital messaging operation that I have seen over the last four years was frankly done by the Lincoln Project. And when they launched something called LPTV, the amount of eyeballs that they would get would at times dwarf CNN. And the reason why that was the case is there's clearly an audience and an appetite from our side, our perspective, to see something like that presented in a television streaming format. I, you know, I was once asked, I'm an advisor to DNC, full disclosure. I was once asked by a very major donor, what's the one thing you would say that we need to do as a party? My answer without, without blinking was you need to get you and every one of your millionaires and billionaires to invest in a media-esque company that Absolutely. can offset and combat what we see on the other side. We are fighting this, this fight with one hand tied behind our back. Their side, all they hear is they're great. Everything they do is the greatest thing of all time and everything Democrats do is evil, terrible, socialist, end of the world. What our side here is, is, well, the other guys are bad, but here's how our side's letting you down. Here's how, our <laughs> here's how our side's blowing it. Like, well, how in the world are we supposed to compete when
0: that's what we get from our media ecosystem? I'm only laughing because otherwise (laughs) I'd be sobbing. So
3: I just want to say thank you, Kurt. I appreciate the shout out. Obviously I'm very proud of what we've done over at LP and Mm -hmm. just an example recent in real time right now, yesterday we at the Lincoln project put out a pro Biden ad that was, you know, showing that, yep, some things have been kind of shitty. None of that's most of that's not his fault, but here are all the great things that have actually happened that are going on. And, you know, Biden as a leader, the leader now, is doing is stepping up to the plate to try to help keep our democracy together. And there's jobs and there's this and that. And I mean, it was a hero ad pro Biden. Yeah, you're welcome, Democrats. Where are you guys? Like, well, what, this, you, this this instead, well, there are over here, here arguing <laughs> about the Senate. Not you guys. I mean, in <laughs> no, I I I I Nevada. But instead, they're arguing over this whether Biden is right. physically able to run again. What's okay. happening to Kamala
0: Harris? Right. Don't get me started. we are we going to talk about now? that? Not. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. So, America yeah, yeah, in one. Believe me, as Republicans, we know how to message. Yeah, exactly. But hang on, Dean. I just want to say something really quickly about you know how to protest. I don't know if you guys heard this, but two climate. climate. Climate catastrophe activists glued their hands to Botticelli's Primavera, which accomplished one thing. It made people hate climate activists. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, yes, let's destroy art in the service of what exactly? So anyway, we have to learn how to protest it. I I
2: have no answer to this, but there's a really important data point. Everyone here knows the the poll, the generic congressional ballot poll. Who are you going to vote for today of the electorate for Congress? In 2018, at this very point, when Joe Biden and Donald Trump had the same approval ratings now, they, they had the same. Democrats had an eight-point lead. If you look at the 538, a real clear politics, five, eight point. What is the Republican lead right now? One point. So Americans are paying attention. Despite yep. Democrats' muddled messaging and what we do, we attack each other. We just need a little help to get over the line there to get people out. Because I think people understand more instinctively. An overturning role was a big thing, forcing a 10-year-old to have a child, the rapist is barbaric and if that's your religion get another religion to be blunt but i think people get the extremism out there and i think it's up to us to come up with messages individually collectively with democratic leaders because they see the extremism they see them banning books banning abortion banning transgender rights banning next coming from who you can love again we're going backwards in time to banning black history being taught none of that's an exaggeration that's literally what's going on so i i don't know the answer we struggle on my show how just to amplify this? Because we're there. We're one point. And yes, I understand we really have to be three or four points up in the real world, but we're on the yeah. right path and we've done nothing in terms of messaging in the right way. Can, can I give an the
0: answer to this quickly? Uh, uh, hold on, uh, Brian and then Cliff.
5: Yeah, the, look, you know, you talk about and Kurt and, and Cliff and you're talking about a a, a media type company. You know what would really work? Just a media company that gave you the facts because I got news for you. The Democrats have the facts on their side. The problem is that we don't we don't portray the facts factually. And the Democrats are really poor about coming out and doing the messaging themselves, which is why I don't understand why members of Congress are out protesting uh, about legislation when they have the means at their disposal to pass the legislation. To me, that's kind of silly. Some of the things that the Democrats do are counterproductive to what would actually be better for the country and for themselves. And instead of fighting each other all the time, the united message from the Democrats would help make a a more united front in what exists in the media today. But bottom line, if it Dean, to your point, if if the Democrats want to you, you have to sit back and look and go, what more do the Republicans have to do for the Democrats to win overwhelmingly? I mean, <laughs> we have we have a we have a what, maybe a, if we sink a, into the, the ocean.
0: What well, wait we are a, a second, though. The, again, the, we're devolving again into the, it's all the, the fucking Democrats. The fault. No, The Democrats have the facts on their side. They have, you know, 70 percent of Americans agree with like agree. practically all of their policies. And yet yep. it's not that. Listen, if it were a level playing field, we wouldn't have to have this conversation. Correct. we would not it is there's gerrymandering there's voter suppression there's voter subversion there's right-wing media ecosystem mm-hmm. there's the mainstream media failing daily on a, at its job this is not a level playing field so let's concede that democrats aren't perfect because sure. you know to which i say and what exactly are republicans doing they're they are yeah. basically pro-fascist at this point so you know let's let's focus on what do we do about the fact that we start out despite the fact that we are pro-democracy, we're pro-humanity, we're pro-civil rights, we're pro, you know, women's rights, et cetera, pro-equality, all that stuff. We still start with both hands behind our backs. So uh, can I Cliff? just
4: jump? Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, we may have, a there's the, the beginnings in, in in, you know, in some ways of a solution right here. Okay. Which is, we're not going to build this media infrastructure in a few months, right? And we're not going to be able to put all this together. But the truth is right now, we haven't sort of hacked the system in the way the right has. I mean, look, look at everybody who's sitting here on this panel, right? Who, who have multiple ways of getting messages out, who have huge followings on Twitter and every journalist is on Twitter and they're as vulnerable to repeating stuff they see multiple times as any, as anybody else. The truth of the matter is, is that, You know, and I'm not saying everybody here, we should become automatrons like the right. It's not going to happen. Right. But if if, you know, I started tweeting out just the other week and I think I forgot this week. So I need to get on every day, you know, uh, something along the lines of they want to make 10 year old girls force them to have children when they're raped. They want to, you know, put guns in the hands of the Highland Park shooters. They want to. And, you know, we let these things go away because we don't have that media infrastructure that keeps repeating them. Right. Well, Right here among us, when you come, when you look at podcasts, you look at every day the the amount of people that could be reached if all of us were on message, so to speak, and tweeting these things out and reminding people journalists would see it, activists would see it. And it is a way right now, and with the challenges we have, it's not perfect, but I feel like it's the best we got.
0: Uh, It's a start, 30 like a minute. Because I just wanted to ask you a question. Okay, so um, we're we basically have this situation where the right has so many uh, structural advantage and other advantages. Do you think that that has uh, increased the extremism uh, on the right because they don't have to uh, they don't have to appeal to anybody outside of this very narrow group?
6: No, absolutely. I think it's become just such a strong echo chamber that I don't think there's any, I mean, look, there were guardrails maybe along the way. I don't think there are really any. Um, That's actually my concern about what happens uh, in 2024. And actually, even after the midterms, I'm just really concerned because it's going to become loyalist serving loyalist, so to speak. Um, And that is when it becomes very dangerous, uh, where, you know, it was already dangerous. um, But I would say that there were different voices in the room, who at least we tried um, to kind of take a stand and try to figure out how to navigate in difficult situations, I think going forward, you're going to see um, that it will be loyalists, supporting loyalists, and it's going to be more extreme. And I think mean, you're seeing that now in a lot of the messaging, you're seeing in the ads. I mean, there's so many Republican ads out there. Unfortunately, they're, you know, what, guns, Jesus, and who knows what else. I mean, that's what they focus on. And babies. That's what they're counting. Yeah. And um, basically a country I don't music song. See that the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a trifecta. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think you'll you know, I think all of the grievances, all of the anger, uh, you know, there's been talk about uh revenge against uh those of us have really that have really been supportive of the January Sixth Select Committee's work, uh, because it matters,
4: <laughs> because mm-hmm.
6: we care about the rule of law, we care about justice, we care about accountability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's been talk about how what it would what, what it will be like in the future. Um, should, there, should they gain power after the midterms and how Congress will behave um, toward each other and those that took a stand, or even you know, yeah. other people that were vocal about it? So, I think, right. I do think that's what's causing a lot of the, the greater divide. And I think they're taking advantage of it. Right? The more extreme yes. they get, the more right. popular they get. Right. And I it's think it's so dangerous.
0: And they, again, because they need such a minority, uh, you know, a small minority of people voting uh, because of the system, uh, they can, hate is working for them, right, Tara? And they're very well organized. I,
3: in my final comments before I have to jump, but I I just want to say two things. Donald Trump is in Washington, D.C. today, speaking at one of his America First uh, Policy Institute bullshit, policy. Please. Um, (laughs) Bullshit depot for the rejects from his past uh, administration who couldn't get jobs. But guess how much money they have. They've got twenty five million dollars and one hundred and fifty people on staff. They are very well funded this morning. (laughs) Right. Right. They're very well funded. They're very well organized and they're dedicated. It's like terrorists. They have a religion. (laughs) And they're dedicated to it, and they think that if you know that they sacrifice themselves and do whatever they need to do to reach their goal. And for these people, they have nothing else. So never underestimate the will and the commitment of the enemy, because when we are sleeping, they're not. When we're arguing and you know, you know, circular firing squad with each other, they are marching lockstep forward with their objective so it's really important that lots of folks get their heads out of their asses and realize that we are losing time here and that we've not we've got to stop arguing over points and pica's and this billion dollars or this trillion dollars or this regulation or that regulation because none of that shit's going to matter if the democracy goes under one right. focus is is voting people into office who are pro-democracy or they're not either they believe in the constitution and the rule of law or they don't
0: and right now, the Republican Party does not. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's such a good point. And I, I would only add, uh, before we get to our final segment, that part of the problem here is that uh, we, we take democracy for granted. And I think many, many people, probably the vast majority of people in this country, have never had to think about what democracy means, what it means to them, what it means in their lives. So they focus... And in some cases, very understandably, because when you live in a society that is completely organized around e- e- the economy and economic success or failure, then it's hard to think about anything else when you're struggling financially, right? So, um, I mean, that's a conversation I absolutely want to have for another time. Anybody who could stay, I would love to, we, we like to kick back at the end. Bye, Tara. Uh, we will thank see you guys. soon. Thank oh, you. So uh, uh, bye, Kurt. Bye, Olivia. Um, Kurt, unless- like it too. I, I think Kurt is threatening to go into the pool, which is not fair. But We're Kurt, can,
4: here, Kurt. see he's there gone. he goes. Hey, he so jumped in the pool. Kurt swimming more. is
0: more important to him. We than argue than about Reagan again, again
4: now. I'm yeah. Just...
0: Okay. Reagan is evil. <laughs> yes. Terrible. Um, yes. I think Reagan was one of the worst presidents in the history of this country, with the exception the of Donald of and George W. Bush. And the so crazies
4: we... from the people in his administration and Reagan, who they called the crazies, which they did, Pat Buchanan. <laughs> Lynn Nossinger, some of the other ones, they are the direct descendants, you know, Donald Trump and these guys now. He elevated people, you know, so. Uh,
5: how about that one little uh, producer that he uh, elevated in his. Roger
4: uh, somebody or other. Yeah, Roger hmm. that
2: starts with an A. Yeah,
4: remember
5: yeah. That? He's Roger a asshole. Ball. Okay,
4: oh, let's,
2: yeah. Can we let's, talk about this, the cable rather book instead of progressives, former Republicans, how they love that? They're not here anymore on the panel.
4: Now. <laughs> I like them all, but
2: no, they, they, no, no. they'd rather have real instead of having a real progressive, they'd rather have a former Republican. On that's but, a,
0: well, listen, we don't know that, and honestly, oh, I, I, we I, know that. We do, okay, we, we do know that, that. but no, I, have I to love be them, it's
2: not about that, it's the bookers, it's not their fault. They should, I look forward bookers. to
0: the day when all right. of us and Tara and Olivia can fight over policy, um, but we're not there yet, mm. uh, so we are all um pro-democracy and that's really all that matters at this point yeah. and yep. um on that note i'd like to take a step back and ask all of you because i swear to god every week feels i was trying to think about um last week's hearing and i i'm not kidding i thought that last week's hearing was three weeks ago it's like wow it's been a really long time since <laughs> it's, been, it's been four <laughs> days five days whatever so um what are you doing to de-stress or you know what what's what's helping you uh whether it's stay sane or just decompress or um find a little joy um you know cuz uh the it, it's unceasing and like Tara said you know we can't take our foot off of the gas at all but we do have to stay healthy enough to fight. <laughs> so Dean, what are you doing? I was supposed to oh. be on vacation this I week. know, he's
2: like, I'm so I'm sorry your vacation was on got vacation. canceled. I was supposed to be in the Middle East, but my fiance got COVID four hours before the flight. But she was already in the Middle East visiting her family in Haifa. So, Oh, what do you mean so, that part? So, so she goes, I te- she, she had a fever. So my, uh, I'm doing a staycation. I'm chatting with you guys, which is bringing some sad. It really does. I mean, for me, honestly enough, Not not, but the fact I do a radio show three hours a night and talk to people in the Democratic base, we lift each other's spirits. I mean, and I I hate to sound like a cheerleader, but that's I feel like that's my role. But it's organic, it's sincere. Mm -hmm. I really believe the truth is when we come out big, we win big. It's backed up in 2017 in Virginia and Jersey, 2018 for the House, 2020 we can do that again in 2022. And it's about you know, Kurt was saying some of these protesters aren't doing the right thing. I understand strategically. You want people engaged. You want their energy. I'd rather they get involved, and they wouldn't get up to vote than not get engaged. So, to me, I just read a lot and and chat with, email Mary and and go on Twitter, um, and try to take a breath every now and then, take a step back, and not listen to the news. But we're 105 days out. There's no time to check out. It's time to check in and step up. We can. We have to save it. It's up yeah. to us. It's this simple. Right. This right. is or doing this from another country,
0: right? And that's that's why we need to find things uh, here and there. Because we can't, you know, we can't be focused twenty four hours a day, right? Waj? we need, we need something to, e- even if we can't take our minds off of it entirely, uh, at least refocus.
1: Yeah. So. Coincidentally, yesterday I was just uh, thinking about the future of our country, which I often do, and the state of democracy. I'm not a masochist. Close that. I th- but I think it's one of the situations when, when you have the awareness and you can connect the dots and you're lucky and privileged like us that we either do this as a living or we have the time to invest in it. Uh, oftentimes uh, we feel like you know, like the brown Cassandra. Like you see it. You, like, yeah. It's like don't look up. You it's see like- the comet. And, it, and exactly what you said is and you feel this type of pain and exasperation that your fellow countrymen and, and, and folks just don't care or are tapped out. And that can be very demoralizing. And so I'm not a Pollyannaish person, but I'm also not a cynic and I'm a realist. And so I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, realistically, and I hope I'm wrong. Things can change. It's, I'm like, we're in a tough place for 10 years, even if Democrats win. Right. Because mm-hmm. the other side, those forces are radicalized and mobilized. And thanks to the right-wing media ecosystem, we've lost about a third of our fellow Americans, at least from my lifetime. I think they live on Earth 3. They're not evil. They're not devils. They believe we're all pedophiles who worship Satan and co- are coming after the children. Like, and I think that's going to be the case for the next 20 years. And a part of me says, okay, if, if this is Star Wars, maybe we're an Empire Strikes Back, the second one. And if you guys haven't seen the trilogy, that's when things are really bleak. And that's when, like, Darth Vader comes back and they're hiding out on the Hoth base and it's like they're frozen. They're just trying to survive. And I hate quoting Churchill because he was a racist, but he had some good <laughs> gems. During World War II, right, uh, when it seems all was lost, he said survival is victory. And yeah. I feel like it's one of the situations where I was thinking about my mindset. I'm like, it's easy to give up, but I have three kids. Yeah. And the story is still being written. It isn't over yet. And what's my role in this story, right? And so my role in this story is perhaps to keep fighting and, and keep this going because we don't know how, what the pa- the next page is going to turn we don't know what the story is going to be and then for my kids generation maybe they can inherit this better version of america that we fought for yeah. And so that's what keeps me going and then also I, I think it's very important like i've said this before on your show i'm not interested in martyrs i think especially on the left like that's been a sign of success look I died for everyone. Look how many arrows I have in my chest. Right. And I'm like, yo, I want you to live like a long, healthy life, first and foremost, because I need more from you, like to extract like your, your superhero talent. But also, I want to create a narrative for our children. They're like, oh, look, that person, you know, my dad, my baba, he he worked hard, he took on these fascists, but he was also happy and he was a good Baba and he was invested. And so what I try to do is I take those breaks every day. Uh, watch it. I watch the Netflix that I want to watch. I build a Lego set for my kids. I go work out now with the gym with a mask on. Uh, You know, I'm trying to lose my COVID weight. And I make sure every day that I set aside some time for my kids and just to play just for the sake of playing. Mm -hmm. And then that restores me spiritually and emotionally to get back into the fight. And I think that's very important for people because if you're tapping out now, if you're depressed, if you're exasperated, you are not helping yourself. You're not helping your family and you're not helping this movement against fascism, right? I need you in the long run.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, part of why I like to ask you guys what you're doing to stay in the fight without burning out. Um, because we all do need to be in this for the long haul. And you're right. It's not 2022 or 2024. It's at least another decade. If we win, and then the fight looks completely different if we don't. Uh, but it's fascinating. Like, every time we do this, I'm literally just like, "Hey, what kind of Lego set you build in? Or "What are you watching on Netflix?" And then Waj always like gives us this mic drop of an eloquent speech that's, you know, very difficult to follow. So thanks, Waj. Uh, no, but seriously, it's it. Everything you said um, is absolutely something people need to take to heart and. Uh, Because it also reminds us that we do need each other. We are not doing this in isolation, despite the fact that I, I I don't know, Cliff, I, you just had COVID. I still, sorry, did I violate your HIPAA? I think I said
4: publicly that. <laughs> on Twitter, and many places. So you didn't. Well, I, I
0: can't violate your HIPAA anyway. Like, <laughs> so there you the
4: go. <laughs> sucks. So like, I don't even. I, I tested negative a few times, even though my son tested positive. So I don't even know if I had it. I know I didn't feel great.
0: Yeah, I you know he did. had
4: it. So I'm assuming I did. But if you're jumping into what I do, I, I kind of feel like there's the the and don't tell anybody this because I'm I, I try to act like a mean guy. But there's like the cuddly things you do. <laughs> there's the stupid things you do. For me. The cuddly things are I have two boys that I adore. And even though the 15 year old is like a rock star drummer now, whatever, I don't care. He has to hug me. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, they're such sweet boys. They're awesome. And I find time for them. As Waj was saying every day, you know, I'm listening to hair metal. I mean, a week ago, two weeks ago, before all this, this is probably where I got COVID even though we were masked, you know, we went to like see bands like Skid Row and like Motley Crue. That's right. We're 1980s. Um, and you know, my younger kid is a huge sports fan and I grew up in New York, as I said. So, you know, big Yankees fan and the Yankees came out here and played the Indian. Oh, sorry, Guardians. God, kick me off this. Um yeah,
0: bye. You're made- and, uh, no,
4: and, no. Uh, came out. <laughs> that was awful. Um well, And they played the... They were they called the- that
0: for like... Eight decades, so
4: I know, it's an I know. understandable. They played the Pirates, too. I'm sure that's somehow not. Possible. I was more
5: worried about the Motley crew reference, but hey. <laughs> okay,
4: it's all good. And so I went on the, you know, so doing stuff with my kids and just hanging out with them and my wife is awesome. And so there's that. Oh, and let's not forget the four cats. One of them was behind me up before. Yeah, we have four of them because we're crazy. But they're adorable. I love them and whatever. So there's that. The stupid stuff. Was it Beater? What's his name? Dieter Bader? B- Beter Diedrich? Diedrich Whatever the dude's name Dieter. is. But- Thank you. I'm getting mixed up. Who was asking on Twitter the other day, like, what's a dumb action movie that I can watch? And I'm like, oh, let me talk to you. Stupid action movies where stuff blows up. Let me relax. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't have to think. The yep. Good guys always win. Hudson Hawk. There you go. Stuff like that. So I do so, I do some of that. And then, you know, like, I would say the final thing is just... And the stuff you would all do, like, I go to the gym and, and, and do karate and whatever. But, and the final thing is, honestly, like, the, the YouTube channel i started where i really like go after republicans and point out their hypocrisies and do those things like that's cathartic for me you know like i mean it's not just something i'm doing to promote whatever and get out there i have to do it If I didn't i would explain it honestly doing that i mean i take time off when i need to so you know whatever works for people with some combination i think of the like you know being able to sort of chill with an animal is a great thing being able to like do something stupid and then sometimes you know even the work we do can be a way you relax so yeah that's
0: the best thing absolutely. i
4: got nothing as cool as what watch said i don't have a big speech
0: well who who can be as cool as watch i don't know
4: fair enough i'm uh, gonna
1: gene, use want... that blurb
0: okay gene you want to try no i'm kidding I, oh. I went
1: already
2: didn't i do my thing yeah, you did it. i'm so, I'm so I did sorry thing. i started with you you started with me
0: i haven't had covid but i'm telling you i have covid brain
2: i'm you not do. kidding i that's think me. it's, what it's what from okay
0: Two, well, actually, as I've said before, I've been in isolation since November 9th, 2016. So, you know, <laughs> it ta- I'm not kidding. It really takes its fucking
5: toll. Don't mean to laugh. Uh, so
0: uh, not quite the same way. Sorry. <laughs> Brian.
5: Uh, well, let's see. Uh, I'm I'm officially an old fart here. Watch I, the, first, <laughs> the first date with my wife that we went to was Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> wow,
1: <laughs> you're like 800 years old man that's amazing yeah, right, you've right, aged right. so well i can't
5: even count oh that high
4: you I, I, hang out uh,
1: yeah, and you I, still have yeah. your hair on your head you're like a, yeah. you're like a little a, bit of it Adonis. Anyway.
5: but i like the no martyrs thing too that takes me back to the movie pat no bastard ever won a war by dying for his country wanted by making the other poor dumb bastard <laughs> i kind of like that idea but uh uh, seriously and comically seriously my three-year-old grandson i do i don't have any more mountains to climb i don't have anything to prove to anybody i just want a safe environment from my grandson when he grows up because um the things that i enjoy and have been able to take advantage of in this country i want for all the children uh especially my grandchildren i want to i want a future for the united states of america that's a democratic nation not one that's an authoritarian, Hitler-esque, uh, uh, aristocracy or a theocracy even worse the biggest problem in our country today is the, and, and I'm saying this as a, as a Catholic raised in you know, a Catholic environment uh, the biggest problem are those six conservative Catholics on the Supreme Court they will destroy the United States and they believe that the only thing that that stands in the way between righteousness uh, is are, are all of those of us the majority who don't believe as they do so yeah. to keep my head straight um, I, I look at my grandson, and I put one foot in front of the other each day. Do my job, write my column, try to point out the bullshit when I see it. Go after. I got to go cover Donald Trump today, and it's making me ill. Just I'm tingling in my seat thinking about it. Then, comically, I guess it's going to be uh, elucidate gins, bourbon, rock and roll, and comedy. Those will keep me in my gardening. But that that all no, at the same time. That's how dangerous. From garden. So, and, and I would know, pay
1: money and, to see a high Brian Garden.
2: Oh magic him sober <laughs> Isn't it great though, Brian the six Supreme Court justices are going to help Republicans and democracy they'll end up just being six people in a robe. That's all they're going to be. That's what they're yeah. doing. They're destroying the monster. So the court means nothing. And they're just people wandering around in a robe in the future. That's
5: all they' And I don't want to know what they're doing underneath their robe. And when they're waving right. their magic wands, so I don't want to know that. do you either. know what
4: Long Dong Thomas was doing? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right, <laughs> then, Jen.
5: So, it's a Let's stop this one. madness. The oh, well, last one. I'd just say, Okay. Yeah.
4: Being here with
5: you guys. Yeah. Is
7: this a locker room? A yeah.
4: Locker room. Yeah. It was Long Dong Silver. I apologize. It wasn't me. All right, Jen.
7: Okay. So yeah, um, I guess three things. One, um, on Facebook, they have these sites or these groups called Buy Nothing. I don't know if you know these. There's one in my area. And so if you have something you're cleaning out your house, you don't need some old Ikea bookshelves or someone else has a sled or the Shays lounge I got for free. You post it on this Buy Nothing site. And so I've really gotten into that because when I needed stuff for my office, I found something free and when we needed to move some stuff out of my kid's room. And I really like the idea of giving away stuff for free and exchanging stuff for free. It's kind of it gets your sort of acquisitive side satisfied without having to, you know, spend money and also helping others. Um, I love that. It's good. The second thing is um, I'm trying to be a better mom. Um, and so I let my 15 year old get a snake that I kind of like.
6: <laughs> That's being a um, good mom. Snakes
0: are awesome. <laughs> they really are. Snake
7: and then my uh, my husband being an overachiever artist actually built a vivarium out of this gorgeous, well, you know, Michael. Out of, of course this, he like, did. And then the other thing I'm trying to do, the third thing is I'm trying to be a better spouse. When Michael and I were dating, I assured him, I said, you know, I'm not like other women. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna take up your time. I don't want to spend any time with you. I've got my own shit to do. <laughs> he always jokes. He was like, I, I thought you were <laughs> I, I he thought I was joking, but now it's the big joke is on him because he like for like the last five years he's been trying to get me to ever talk to him, and so we used to like we finally no, 'cause because I shut up Mary I hope he he's not watching now, but uh because I'm busy and it's like he's nice I like him but like I've got stuff to do, and so now I actually start to really during COVID I start to really like him a lot, and so every morning we have coffee together. <laughs> no he's a lovely person but i'm really that like he's the goal oh, relationship.
0: you're a tough room <laughs> no he's a, he's a
2: wonderful guy so you're no, only finally but- to get to go know your husband now this is no, nice
0: but i never i want i don't
7: you have things to in
2: process.
0: common
7: you know uh, women yeah women want to process stuff i'm like i want to talk about <laughs> the news at dinner people have to say talk about your feelings to me so i've learned to be more human um, so that's what I've done. Yeah,
2: that's been fun. But, but Jen, you know, to Jen's point, I've, I've learned more about my fiance I lived with for years during COVID. I realized she's not just my best friend, she's my only friend. <laughs> I have no oh, friends. No you. one cared about me. Wait her. a minute. Wait I a swear minute. to God, I, mean, I hate to marry, but like, Mary's All not. Right. Sorry, but
4: You've I've a, been married know, for I like years. Deans. We don't want to be
5: around each other all the time. Dean is. been like, coming at
2: me the last couple of
5: weeks. I've been
4: what is going on. I like you, Dean. You're nice. We love you. I, Dean.
2: It's not. You're not real friends. Okay. You're not. <laughs> if I had a move, you're not helping. Okay. I, so. I uh, help you, you move.
0: I just okay. Just sad. want to make an announcement. Uh, there may be an opening in the Nerd Avengers uh, soon, if this continues. <laughs> <laughs> what? Was something I said? No, Dean. It's like oh, you're not our, you're not my friend. You no, know, you know
2: what I mean. I mean, close friends. Like okay, anyone email know. me, how I you doing know. during COVID? It's me, her, and the plants. If she goes, that's all I got. are <laughs> plants. Okay, I don't got kids. I don't got a, a
0: pet.
2: you are
0: the plants. Me, are plants. Do do get, a pet, get a pet. Get a pet. Get a cat. They're the best. Uh, cat, cats are the best. No, here. Here. I'll help you. Can, you. Can, like, that, mean, I, I totally.
2: it's not all right forget it I got no
0: it. no i totally understand because for it's a very long story but i basically got <laughs> completely isolated during covid and it definitely right. changes um you know how you relate to people uh it's it's tricky um but we we are here for you whether you like it
1: or not right. so
2: yeah. i prefer to be alone actually i'm just
1: gonna get dean another plant
2: I know I've got fake plants behind me. Not I be fake a plant. <laughs> they you might be real. Can you make animals out of them? Okay, well, a I was plant in a living room that's alive.
0: I was going to start by saying that hanging out with you guys really helps, and now I'm not so sure. <laughs> but, well, I'm pretty um, routine, so up cool. until recently, <laughs> no, seriously, this is this is uh, I look forward to this um, a lot. And, uh, I don't know, maybe that says something about me. I'm not really sure, oh. but, uh, no, I seriously, it, it, it helps tremendously. And, um, other than that though, I, uh, I'm reading this book called breathe by Jason Nestor. I think his name is. Cause, um, you know, I've, I've had asthma forever and, um, I'm trying to get in shape again. And, uh, you know, breathing is something that doesn't come easily to me. So, oh. so, and I think it's incredible. It is, it obviously it's the most important thing we we yeah, do needs to breathe. And yet, but yet like human beings are terrible at it. It's kind of fascinating uh, how that happens. But uh, so I'm reading that and I, I'm, I'm detoxing. I'm on this very strict detox right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been seven days. Um,
7: Congrats. You know, so I'm going
0: to keep that up and um you know, so far so good, but it's. I think it's a sign of just how toxic I was that I still don't feel great.
2: I think it's because you're in a box next to Brian, and he is so full of stuff. Well, it's Brian. it's like it's those or just or you get a over. buzz just hanging out near Brian. Just, you're in the same Zoom you get so hot, and,
4: and then it floats over to the box you're in. Right, you're
2: in contact <laughs> high from Zoom with Brian. But but Mary, what,
1: when it comes to breathing, right? Like, don't underestimate it. I feel like even those who are watching. Uh, Oftentimes, the moments of stress and panic, and we feel besieged, right? For the past yep. three years, especially during the pandemic, yes. Literally, human beings forget to breathe. It's like fight yep. flight, and so the practice I'm of breeze. breathing it allows you to relax, it allows mm-hmm. you to yep. stay in the moment, it allows you to like your brain like starts functioning at like a rational level again, and it allows yep. for gratitude it and happiness.
4: Did. And I think yeah. also no. it will it will ease. I learned it in, from the karate that we you know take I take with my older son, and just into the nose yes, and does. a big <sighs> <sighs> out through the mouth you do when you get really anxious a couple of those I swear to you will work I mean I'm not saying all anxiety goes away if it's a big moment or whatever but it will it, it will calm you it, but it,
0: yeah and it, but like what you're saying if you turn it into a practice too and you know I've I used to do taekwondo and you're right cliff it is it's incredibly it's amazing how much more powerful you are when you use your breathing properly um so uh i mean so part of that too is just uh i think cliff and i are just putting people on notice that we can kick your asses if necessary
4: Right. but oh, we won't let me <laughs> sweep the leg because i'll do it yeah I'm half
2: Sicilian. I'll pay someone to see me.
4: I won't do it myself. I'm I'll, I'll I'll the Sicilian.
2: Uh, oh, my
0: God. All right. On that note, stop buying people. I always um,
2: so team. great to see
0: you, my Nerd Avengers. Thank you. Thank you. Dino Badala, uh, Kurt Bordella, Tara Setmeyer, Olivia Troy. Thank you so much. I uh, will see you all soon. Stay safe. Mwah. <laughs> Thank you so much to my Nerd Avengers and our special guests Tara Setmeyer and Olivia Troy and thank all of you for joining us today and for all of your great comments. Um, I just wanted to uh, jump in and let you know that this coming Thursday, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, at YouTube.com slash Politicon, we'll have our regular show with my guest, Tim O'Brien. That is not to be missed. Uh, and, of course, uh, next Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, YouTube.com slash Politicon, we will have our next strategy session with the nerd adventures and special guests to be decided uh, also while you're at uh, youtube.com politicon please uh subscribe to the politicon cha- uh, channel it's free uh like the episode and if you click on that bell You will be alerted every time a new episode drops. Um, In between episodes, I've been doing a bunch of short videos, varying like literally, like really short from like 45 seconds up to 15 minutes. So check those out too. That's sort of my way of trying to stay on top of the kind of unceasing news cycle. Um, And of course you can listen to the podcast at Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. And if you're on Apple, please do give the show a five-star rating. It really does help other people find the show. And, uh, you know, part of uh, what we talked about today was how important it is for Democrats and pro-democracy people to find ways to get the message out to uh, help us make up for the, the really dangerous deficits in the mainstream media so that is it for today. thank you again so much for being here i will see all of you on thursday night 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific in the meantime please stay safe and be kind